Welcome everyone, we're about to begin by Hashem, uh, Shir number 5 of the Kuntris of Yedatik Yishalom Ayalecha. We're holding Perak Rishain, Mimer Gimel, Chapter 1, Lesson 3, and this piece is entitled Ishti Basi, that my wife is my home. He says, Tafkida Shala Isha Huabayas. The Tafkid, the role of a wife, is to oversee her home, Lidaik Litzarchi Abayas, and to take care of the needs and the well being of her family and of her home. And we talked about it in the Bias Primi share for the women, that it is healthy for some women and their personalities to express their talents and and their contributions of things outside of the home sometimes, in expressions of talents in music or art or whatever it is that they need to do to express themselves in a healthy way. So for some people, they cannot um, just stay home all day long, and they need that outlet. But even with those type of women, it's very important to know that the inherent role of a woman and their true joy, what the Chazal say is true, it's deep embedded in them, is the taking care of the home and being a mother to Klai Yisrael and being a wife. Rabbi Yaisi Oimer, Rabbi Yaisi says in Masech the Shabbos, karasi ishti ishti. I never called my wife as my wife. Ela Beisi, I called her my home. Isha. He understood the importance of a wife. The Mila Tafkida, in the fulfillment of her tasks, of the Habayis of taking care of the house. And Achachamim explained it in one of the Pshatim of Ayavidu Mitzrayimus Menayisol the Farach, when it says that Egypt, the, the Mitzrayim, they enslaved the Yidin, imposing on them themselves the Farach, extremely hard, oppressive work, that the Chazal say, in Mesech Saita, that firalaf of a base that etilu avoides hanoshem al hanoshem, avoides hanoshem al hanoshem, that they placed the work of the man's labor they placed on the women, and the women's labor they placed on the men. And there's a big question on this that makes hard to understand. Bishleim avoides hanoshem al hanoshem. It makes sense the avoid of the men to the, on the women that that's a terrible thing. We avoid this Women are physically weaker, and you're giving them hard manual labor that men usually does. That could be tremendous yisurim. That's avoid this perach. But when you propose women's work on on the men, uh, which is much less physically taxing, very often, you know, they they sew or they or they uh, you know. Whatever they do, they cook, or whatever they peel potatoes, whatever they made them do, whatever it may be. But nevertheless, it's 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 lighter work than 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 men work. and it's not So what does it mean that it's avodas perach? What is the avodas perach of giving the men lighter work that the women did? So Biar Dvaram Husa explains. That it's true, it's less physically taxing. But 
on an emotional level, it's very difficult for a man to do the work of a woman. Ki enoi might say inyin bahem. They don't find any point in it. The enoi sipak mehem, and they don't derive any satisfaction in that. And to explain this a little bit, I just want to explain it because the women that are listening also. I'll give you an example of this that some men confided in me about this. They know they need to help their wives take care of the children sometimes, and it's a tremendous mitzvah, and they're happy to do it. But they do acknowledge, for example, they know, let's say they do that mitzvah that they're supposed to do, and they tell their wife is exhausted, they tell their wife, you know, you take a two-hour nap, and I'm going to take care of the kids. Whatever, Shabbos afternoon, or one early night, whatever it is. And he does that, and he does it well, and he reads to them, plays with them, whatever he does with them, changes their diapers, everything. So, But they acknowledge, says, I know this is my tafkid, and I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know it's a chesed, but I have no sipek nefesh from it. Because they feel after two, three hours of this, of taking care of the kids, doing this, doing that, at the end, they, don't, they feel a lack of accomplishment. They always feel goal-oriented. You know, normally, okay, what I do, I finish the Perak Mishnayis, or, or I finish this particular thing, or I bike the mile. Here, for two, three hours, I know it's quality time, but they don't feel accomplished. They're like sort of task-oriented, and this is not task-oriented. Someone who um, is involved in any occupation is only fully successful if they take a certain pleasure from that occupation. A tailor has satisfaction when he sews a beautiful garment together. Habanai, the carpenter or contractor, he takes pride when he completes a beautiful building. Melamed, a teacher, Yelodim, Matzliach, he feels satisfaction when the children, his students, are Matzliach. Rakim, Yeshblazalo, Right? He's only successful if he has a Hana, a satisfaction from teaching his students, from advancing his students. And if he doesn't, he has suffers from a major, major burnout, then woe is to the teacher and to the students. They both suffer if they don't fulfill their tafkid. So that's what they did, the Mitzri, and they flip-flopped the tafkidim, which caused the tremendous Agmas Nefesh. By placing the responsibility of managing the needs of the house on the woman, he gave her pleasure and satisfaction for caring for her family, which their perspective, from the husband's perspective, it's monotonous or repetitive, and therefore, Hashem endowed in the personality of a woman a tremendous, tremendous sensitivity, an emotional feeling. She is in tune with her emotions more than her seichel. By the way, this has nothing to do with IQ. You could have, a, let's say, a couple um, uh, that the wife is extremely intelligent, much smarter, even more intelligent than their husband is. 
it's not a matter of intelligence per se. It's a matter, though, of their modes of of thinking and in how they react to things and their use of the left brain and the right brain. And generally speaking, stereotypically, but it's true in most cases, and it's Bateva, that generally women are more in tune with their emotions and men are more in tune with their intellect. And and a woman that works in the home, um, and she's connected with the physical world. And her the approach to the physical world is through her senses. And over here, um, the emotional aspects, the feelings, the sensitivity is more dominant than the seichel, than the, in, than the logical aspects. And yeshul isha harbe tchushais, regesh, the seidel kainal yaifi. She has a great deal of feeling and sensitivity to the organization and cleanliness and beauty of her home, certain aesthetics that she enjoys, and a clean home. And generally speaking, it's like this, that a home that is clean and orderly gives her a sense of inner satisfaction. At some point, at a later shear, we're going to explain why, in some cases, it's flip-flop the other way around, and it's not exactly as described here, where you have some women that are more intellectual, less emotional, men that are more emotional. But again, whenever there's an exception to the rule, that proves that the rule does exist overall. Overall, you have a klal, which is a generality, and that's what he's talking about here, and it's the aside MS. How are we going to um, deal with situations, particular marriages and matzavim, where it doesn't seem to fit this way? You know, you have a particular woman that this particular woman is not really care that much about the organization of her home, and the husband does. We'll deal with that at a different time. But generally speaking, this is the teva that HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed in men and women, respectively. And Gama Gever Maven Seder. The husband also knows he needs to, he enjoys to, to make things orderly. For example, he knows that if there's no order of books in his shelf, in his Svarim Shank, right, then he won't find the Sefer that he's looking for. So he, he also wants organization. But it's an intellectual, logical aspect to him that he wants that order. And it's possible his seichel will tell him in some situations, okay, in this situation, I'm going to ignore that orderliness. So he's going to bring an example here. It's a very insightful, amusing, but also very insightful example he gives here. And he says as follows. Right? The husband's sitting by the table. He's learning a subject in Torah. And he wants to be mechadish things in learning. So he pulls svarim from the Svarim shank. Right? Until he has a pile of Svarim spread out all over the living room, the, the, the dining room table. Okay? So because he's looking into Sugya, so he's looking at the Rajba, the Pene Yeshua, 
and the Tzalach, and, 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 and the Rambam, and he has all these Tzfarim with him, who Okay, so he's this is was Ben Astarim. He's a good boy, a good a good Erlechayid, and he's learning. And now he has to go to Koil. Okay, so he's going back to the Koil afternoon, night, whatever. Now the So the wife says to him, "Do me a favor. The, the, the you know it's 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 all messy looking. The the table full of these Svarim. Please put them back in the in the Svarim shank." You know, when you come back later, you'll put it, you know, you need it again. You'll take it out again. Right now, I want, I want that table clean. I want that table orderly and clean. Please put the svarim back. back. Now, now, the husband tries to explain to his wife, that by clearing off the table from the svarim, it's bitl taira. Because he's still in that sugya. And when he comes back from Kyle, he wants to go straight back to be Ma'ayan in that sugya, and he'll need all these svarim. So when when he comes back, he'll need to he'll need those svarim again, and he'll have to again take it out of the svarim shank. Ulam, however, the wife is not f- interested in that logic, not phased by that logic. And she says, "No, I, 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 this, this table is messy, and I need it clean." So the husband sees his wife's demand for him to clear up that table from the svarim as a lack of understanding of the importance of of limanatayra. Of, of of wasting time, the bitelzman of it, and the chashivas atayra. You have this whole. Uh, elaborate uh, list in your head how your wife is not machshev taira because she doesn't appreciate what what in the details and so on and so forth. And he feels that her insistence on putting away these svarim is a is a tercha. What do you want that for? Why why are you placing that burden on me? But from her perspective. The husband sees her, the wife sees her husband refuses to clean up the svarim as being insensitive to her, inconsiderate of her feelings, being mean in a certain sense. I don't care what you think, I'm leaving the svarim here. She's, for, to her, the cleanliness of the house, the orderliness of the house, the beauty of her house. Is important to her that she worries about it and she invests time in it. And she sees him as disrespecting her. I don't care about your, your clean house and what you want. I want my I want these 45 Svarn to be here. They're gonna be here on the table spread apart. So here you have that tension. So So here's a classic example of a tension that can develop in a relationship between a husband and a wife, which evolved by what we learned at the end of the previous shear, by the fact that they lack understanding by the differences between them. And um, sorry, the husband must clearly understand that cleanliness and orderliness to his wife is top priority in her mind and in her feelings. 
So by talking logic, logical arguments to why he's right, you know, if I do this, I'll wait so much time when I come back from Kyle and bring it back, and it's going to be Mavatl 20 minutes of Tyra just to get that Svarim back and to get to the right place again, to get my mindset back to the Sugya so I could get it. Those logical arguments won't work with her because she is in a different mode of communication in which she feels in her emotional uh, being. And so, 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 so what he needs to do instead is understand her. And be considerate of her feelings. See, that doesn't come into the parsha naturally. He's thinking, it's Bittal Taira. I have to come back. He's not even thinking along those lines. He has to change that channel in his brain, connect with that right hemisphere aspect of the emotional level of his brain, and realize that my wife is not trying to be mean, and she's not, she may seem illogical to you, but there's perfect logic in her emotional feeling about wanting to have the house clean. In any argument and attempt at persuasion, he must take into consideration her feelings and incorporate them in his response. So that the feelings of his wife will also be satisfied. Now what's interesting over here is he doesn't explain how they resolve this conflict. And that's really not the point of it. Like, Misa, what do you do? So, you know, but the bottom line is, however this conflict gets resolved, that either the wife will agree that she leaves the stuff on the, the farm on the table, or that um, the, 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 the husband will agree, I'll put it back. Whichever way it is, but it'll come a lot more with a peace and with a shalom. Uh, one scenario could be is it's strewn all over in a very disorganized way. What he could do is, I'll tell you what, I'll clear, I have a thing of 25 svarim here spread all over the table. I'll take those 25 svarim and I'll just keep it like marked, marmokim, and make just one big pile of, of it, one on top of the other. You know, the chumash on top, you know, whatever the, the halachas are with that. And the rest of the table will be clean. It's only that place where it ha- will be piled up in a nicer way. And the rest of the table is nice and clean. That's a good pshara. That's a good pshara. Or if he feels that she's still, you know, hard for her, he'll figure out a way to place it in a way in a swarm shank or in another co- area, uh, in, a, in a little corner there. Um, you know, where she doesn't see it or it's covered up, where she could, he could put his 25 swarm off the table and but he doesn't have to put it back in the shank where, where all he needs to do is later is come home, find that whole place where he placed those 25 swarm and bring it back to the table. There are different ways you could work around it, but the point behind this is not the machloikis itself of this particular scenario. The point behind this is is that the husband needs to understand that she's not being, uh, you know, uh, it's not that she, she's machshif taira, and she may understand the importance of taira, but that hergish of, of wanting that in a masudatika way is something that means a lot to her, and you as a husband need to be makir that. Now what's interesting is these contrasts are geared towards the men, 
And what do you tell an Isha, if you're talking just to the Isha about it, and trying to understand the man's mentality? And I think there's a Chiyiv to do that too, obviously. That each one should understand each other as best as they can when they are in different modes. But this is a good example of it, where sometimes the Hergish that a husband's not attuned to, and he has to develop that sensitivity that sometimes takes time, an effort to do, but once it's done, it could create not only a resolution of conflict, but it could create a beautiful connection one to the other. And um, we'll be Mamashach Bezaz Hashem in the next share. Hatzlocha and Bracha.